In other words, it's not a shot in the dark. It's not God in heaven throwing a, you know, standing with his back to the map of the world and throwing a, a dart at it. Oh, I think I'll land there. No, no. They don't just happen. They take place. And I wrote it down. I've never forgotten it. Didn't even have to write it down. I never forgot it. <clears throat> but uh, I, want to, uh, I want to give you some uh, things from the word of God concerning men and women of God the the uh, who were a who were nonconformists, you could say. My, the title of my time with you is "Be a Nonconformist." Be a nonconformist. And as I, I, whenever something starts churning in my heart, I always look to the Word of God to find what the Word of God says about that. Because it really doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about it. Brother Hagin would always say, don't believe it just because I say it. Believe it because you looked in the word of God and saw it yourself. Don't believe it just because somebody says it. You know, you can, you, you've got the same Holy Ghost. If you'll look and you can see what God's word says, don't just believe it. Don't ever believe something because somebody gave you a prophecy. Come on now. You know. You know, anyway, I won't get into that. Uh, Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary to China, founder of the China and Inland Mission, he said, many Christians estimate difficulties in light of their own resources and thus attempt little and often fail in the little they attempt. All God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and presence within them. You're just going to have to listen and write this down because he spent 51 years in China. He was responsible for hundreds of uh, missionaries. Began, I like people who, who, are, who, who are pioneers, you know what I'm saying? They're not looking for an open door. They are making an open door. And I know that's what kind of church we got going on here. So I know I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm just in the middle of a happening. I know that. And whenever I come here, it's, it's like I just get inspired and then I take that to a bunch of other places. And that's just the way it's supposed to be. You know, Paul told the church in Rome, he said, I long to see you, that there may be a mutual exchange. He said, man, I know when that's I get there. That's the way we feel. So anyway, uh, Hudson, Hudson Taylor also said this. This is one of my favorite quotes of his. He said, I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help him. I ended up by asking him to do his work through me. Isn't that good? You know, I used to ask God, oh, help me, God. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to help you with something. But if that's all you ever do, you know, if your world is all wrapped up in you, it's a pretty small world. I'm not, not, I get it. We all need help now and then. But that's not the place that you're made to stay. You know, he, I used to ask God to help me. Then I'd ask if I might help him. Well, the only problem with that is you're considering your resources. Remember what he said earlier? When men and women, uh, they, they, uh, they estimate difficulties in light of their own resources. And then they attempt little and often fail in the little they attempt. 
He's the same person who said that. That's why he said, uh, and then I asked if I might help him. But all God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and presence within them. So he said, I went from God, help me to, I'd like to help you to just let me be a part of what you're doing. I just want to be a part of what you're doing. And then you just get into, you know, it's like something starts happening that couldn't happen except God is at work. And so you say, would you have a scripture for that? I most certainly do. Philippians 2.13, which is my nonconformist, you know, that's where I walk. That's how I, I make my path through the darkness of this world. It is God who is at work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What is God doing in you? If God's at work in you, God's, you know, God's working. He's at work. Where's he working? In you. What's he doing in you? He's making you willing and able. He's making you. He's making you. Do you understand? I was reading, uh, oh boy, I, I'm so, we're going to get there. Oh, but I'm trying to do it in the time frame that we have here. Um, it, 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 he, he said, you ain't, we ain't got no clock. Remember what Jesus. Hey, get some fried chicken. Remember there. what Jesus said? Uh, he said, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, 33, it says, By faith these people, talking about the men and women in Hebrews chapter 11, overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped death by the edge of the sword. And then it says this, Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle. All of the men that God used. What did he say? All of God's uh, men that that were used were him. I want to say it like he said it. All God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and presence within them. What's he say? They quenched the light. They turned the, turn the uh, Hebrews 11, 32, 33, 34. It says he, and then it says they, their weakness was turned into strength. All God's giants were weak men who reckoned on his resources and his work in them. And by that were able to do great and mighty things. Come on now. Hallelujah. If they receive the word of God. I'm telling you the problem's not as big as you think it is and the answer's not as far away as you think it is. What's he say? The answer is in your heart and in your mouth. Romans 10, even the word of God, the word of faith, which we preach. You say, oh, I wish you wouldn't say that word of faith. That's just your... No, no, it's in the Bible. The word of faith, which we preach. Put your faith in the supernatural ability of God. God doesn't choose great people. He chooses men. He makes people who choose him do great things. Come on, you're not great uh, because, you know, God doesn't choose you because you're something great. The great God has chosen you and he's at work in you, making you willing and able to do something great. Hallelujah. That's what God's doing in you. In fact, 
Oh, praise the Lord. Let me read this. For God's at work. Listen to me. Listen to this. This is what Rick Renner says about Philippians 2.13. He says, the divine energy put forth to effectually bring a tangible, noticeable change. That's what the word work means. It describes the unequivocal will of God to put forth power constantly in every moment, active at every second, that will change our character and behavior permanently. Hot dog, brother. Oh, come on now. God is thrilled when you come to Jesus just at you as you are. But he is not satisfied to leave you the way you are. Hallelujah. Furthermore, God knows you cannot change yourself. You know why you can't change yourself? Because you didn't make yourself. You say, well, I'm living my truth. Well, you know why you can't live your truth? Because you are not the one, the author and the finisher of your life. You say, well, I have an experience that you don't have that's called my truth. No, that's called an experience that I don't have. But the truth is that everyone, no matter what experience, see, I hate, what does it say about a nonconformist? We do not let this world's way of living life become our way of living life. No, no, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's not saying that so that, uh, you know, he will, leave you, uh, he will leave you out. He's saying that so that everyone can be included. But he is the only one who came through death, hell, and the grave, bore the penalty of sin, rose from the dead, and is the giver of eternal life. There is no other religion in the world where there is a Savior who has taken the place of your sin. Every other religion, you're trying to pay the price of your sin. Somehow do something to satisfy the damage that's been caused by your sin. Hopefully, maybe make it up another level. But Christianity is based on the fact that Jesus bore my sin. He took my pain. He carried it all away. And he did it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I like this is what Rick Renner says. This means God in every moment is releasing the divine power that changes us. There's never a second. Listen to me. Never a second that God isn't working deep in your heart, your soul and character to bring you forth as a mature son and daughter of God to be more like him. Never a moment. Never a moment. Never. Oh, praise God. Don't give up. Don't quit. There's things God wants to do and he wants to do it in you. Oh, praise God. I like what Charles Swindoll said. Life is 10% what happens to me, 90% how I react to it. Most of us think life is 90% what's happened to me, 10% how I react to it. I mean, that's how we think. Well, you know, if this hadn't happened, then I could do this. 
You know, if I hadn't gone through this divorce or if I hadn't been abandoned as a child or if I didn't have this limitation in my natural life, then I, no, 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 no. Life is, in fact, in fact, one of the things that's, in, well, I won't go into that. Life is, I just don't have time. Life is 90%. What does he say? 10% what's happened to you, 90% how you react to it. So I want to give you, I don't, I'm going to do that one tonight because I don't have enough time to do it today. I'm going to do one right now. I'm going to do this one right now. This one, this guy, can I give you a nonconformist? Can I give you one of them? And this is in Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, I'm, there's some powerful, you know, Hebrews 11 uh, starts off when he talks about, you know, they were made strong. Hebrews 11 verse three says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You know, the word for worlds there is, is the word for a time, a space, a period of time when God is working a certain way, when he's doing something a certain way. And, and then Hebrews 11 is full of by faith, you know, Noah, by faith, Moses, by faith, Rahab, different times. They all lived in different times. Noah built a boat. You know, different times, Moses didn't build a boat. Why? Because that's not the way God was working during that time. But Moses, by faith, forsook Egypt. By faith. Abraham went not knowing where he was going. How do you go where you don't know where you're going? They always say, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there? Well, I can tell you how you know. If you follow someone, who knows where you're going? Do you understand? That's what faith is. It doesn't start with what you did. It's you do. It starts with what God did. And as you follow Jesus, he, Jesus said, I am the author and finisher of your faith. And so, uh, anyway, they go on here in Hebrews 11. I like this uh, uh, translation. And actually, this is uh, uh, actually Rick Renner's paraphrase. For those of you who don't have it yet, sorry. Through faith, we understand that different generations within the past history of mankind have been completely radically changed, remolded, reshaped by those who received a word from God. Hey, hey. through faith we understand. Different time. What time is it? It's time for the people of God to be nonconformist, to be reshaped, remade by what God's word says. And that reshapes and remakes your world. And he gets through it. He talks about all these different people. And then he gets in, in verse 32. He says, how much more can I say? <laughs> Every preacher wants to know, how much more can I say? How much more can I say? It might take a long time to tell the stories of faith, of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. These people, I I quoted 33 and 34 earlier. Uh, They're the ones that overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God promised them, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into a strength. All of these people... They didn't start off strong. They became strong. How did they become strong? Because they took what God said and they believed it. And by faith, they started with what God said and they became what God wanted them to be. 
God's at work in you. And so this simple uh, truth will help you to understand how to be a, a non-conformist. Uh, in Hebrews, as he goes on, I'm going to get, I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to get down here. Look over when he says Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, Barak. Look over real quick at what happened with Gideon in Judges. And, and think about this in Judges. Uh, because here they're looking for somebody. They don't know it, but they're looking for somebody who can offer them something. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, if everything, if there, if your experience is that every, there is nothing in this world that can satisfy you, it's a pretty good indication that you are made for something else besides this world. Hallelujah. And so in Judges, uh, uh, it says it twice. It's funny. It says this. Uh, the people ju- in, in uh, Judges 2, verse 10, it says, uh, no, yeah, it's, I want to make sure I read the other one, uh, the, the right one first. Uh, let me read this one first. This is actually in Joshua 24, 31, right before Judges. It says, the people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived them, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord God had done for Israel. I think this is a message Bible. So he's saying in just as the end of Joshua, the people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, the elders who outlived them, and all those who personally experienced uh, what the Lord had done for Israel. But then in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, a generation that grew up after Joshua died, it says in Judges 2, verse 10, eventually that entire generation died and was buried. This is the Message Bible. Then another generation grew up that didn't know anything of God or the work he had done for Israel. So now this is what's happened. There's been a generation that has known the work of God. It would be, as you would say, God's at work in me. I am, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Why do you say that? Because God's at work in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He is born my sicknesses, carried my grief, and by his stripes I am healed. Why do you say that? Because you know God's at work in you. And as you, as you take that, that truth, it begins to give you a personal experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just theology. It's in Apopka, Florida. It's not just a universal spiritual truth and let me talk to you about all. No, we're walking out into our lives and we're living in this. And when we get up and we don't feel good, we don't give up. We look up. Why? Because we know God's at work in us. And so what he's saying is, now a generation died that knew that, and another generation grew up that didn't know anything about God or the work he had done for them. And it is said of this generation, twice it says in Judges 17, 6 and 21, 25, at that time there was no king in Israel. People did whatever they felt like doing. You thought that was a new idea. You thought that was a progressive truth. This is my truth. I do whatever I feel like doing. That's nothing new. That's what happens when people lose the knowledge of God. 
That's what happens when they lose the knowledge of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation of God, people run wild. Where there's no understanding of God's plan, one translation says people stumble all over themselves. You say, I don't have a problem. I am the problem. (laughs) So people did whatever they felt like doing. But if you remember in Hebrews chapter 11, when he said, I don't have time to tell you everything, but I at least got to mention his name. That's all right, Lord. I hope I do so much you can't don't have time to tell it all. Praise the Lord. But he said, but he said in Gideon, I like this. So, so this is during the time when Gideon is talked about. And Gideon, there's other ones there too I could talk about. I don't have time. <laughs> and that's a biblical way to say it. Anyway, so in Gideon chapter, uh, in Judges chapter 6, when in the middle of this, when people are doing whatever they want, because there's no knowledge of God. They've lost the knowledge of God. And it looks like, you know, there is no real answer. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6, uh, the Midianites were so cruel to the Israelites. They, they, whenever they would plant their crops, they would try to, you know, take up their seed. They were really trying to keep them from ever coming out of it. Doesn't it sound like the devil? Well... Keep them from ever coming out of it. Oh, but let me tell you, there is a God. And he is God all by himself. And I'm telling you right now, he is still God. He's still God. And what he did, he's still doing. And so, so he said this. So it says, uh, then the Midianite, uh, the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. So they're crying out to the Lord for help. Do you think anybody's crying out to the Lord for help? You think? You think maybe? Oh, I can guarantee you. They might not be talking about it on CNN. But they're talking about it somewhere. Oh God, I don't know what the answer is. But if you can help me, please, I need help. I'm talking to you about the power of being a nonconformist. And so the Bible says that they cried out to the Lord for help. And in verse 11 of Judges chapter 6, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the oak tree at Oprah. I think it's funny he tells him it's an oak tree and where it is. It must be something to that, but I don't know what it is. He belonged to Joash, the clan of Ibizar. And I didn't, I'm sorry, I can't say it right, but I'll, I'll, sorry. Gideon, son of Joash, had been threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide from the Midianites. So I wouldn't say Gideon was like, come on, let me at him. He's hiding. He's just trying to survive. He's just trying to survive. But the Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. You mighty, that says mighty warrior. Mine says mighty man of value. What? God is with you. The Lord, God is that. What would he say to you? I am at work in you to will and to do of my good pleasure. Woo! Now remember, he's talking to Gideon. And Gideon is hiding. 
And the angel comes and he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Literally, uh, uh, and the, 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 this was the purpose of uh, before there could be a deliverance, he had to have a visitation to get himself remembering, recognizing, and responding to the word of God. It's okay. You might need help, but he'll get you out of that place. And the Bible says, so in verse 13 of Judges chapter 6, Gideon replies. Now listen to this reply. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Oh, that's the question. If the Lord is with us, where are all the miracles our fathers told us about? In other words, Gideon is saying... I've heard the story, but I don't have a story. I've heard the message, but I don't have a message. A a generation grew up that knew nothing of the move of God. But God is on the move. And when God starts talking to you, I can guarantee you, you mark it down. When God starts talking to you about moving, he's already on the move. And the Bible says that Gideon said, where are all the miracles? Uh, the Lord has, and I, this is, I, I, I forget, this might be the new living. The Lord has abandoned us and handled, handed us over to the Midianites. He's literally asking for deliverance. He's asking for help. He's asking. The Lord did not abandon them. They abandoned him. The Lord didn't abandon. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. They forsook him. They forgot about him. He never forgot about them. That's why that angel is coming to see Gideon. In fact, he goes on and he says in Judges chapter 6, verse 4, just just look at this. After Gideon has said, where are all the miracles? Where? I've heard about it, but I don't know anything about it. In verse 14, the Lord says to him, he turns the angel of the Lord and says, go with the strength you have, I am sending, or he says, have I, I like this one, I am sending you. Woo! Gideon said, ain't nobody doing anything to do help anybody do. We don't got nothing going on, no miracles, nothing. There's nothing happening today. God said, wait, 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 wait. I'm sending you. Hey, wait, 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 Gideon, nobody's, go wait, Gideon. You're in this hole, hiding from your enemy. I came into this hole, not so you could build me a room. I came into this hole to get you out of this hole because it is time for deliverance. Amen. Amen. So he said, go in the strength you have. Remember what Hebrews 11 said about men like Gideon? They became strong. Go with what you have. I've learned this. If you'll give God what you have, he will take you where you could not take yourself. But you got to give him what you have. You say, I, you don't understand. I don't have much. Gideon is in a hole. 
In fact, he tells you if you know the story, he says, why are you even talking to me? I'm the weakest in the whole tribe. I'm the least in my entire family. Verse 15, the message Bible says, how could I ever save Israel? Look at my clan. I'm the runt of the litter. That's good. Aren't you glad? What what does he say in 1 Corinthians when he says that, that he said God chose the foolish things of this world and the things that are despised? Yea, the things which are nothing to bring to nothing the things that are so that no flesh can glory in his presence. But of him, look at this, 1 Corinthians one thirty. are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So whoever's going to glory, I like what he says in verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 30. Let him glory in what the Lord has done. Come on, I'm trying to wet your whistle. Come on, I'm trying to disturb you. I'm trying to make you just want to get up and do something with what you got. And that's what that angel came down to Gideon for. He knew, I just want you to get out of here, Gideon. I want you to get out of here because if you'll get out of here and start going with what God is asking you to do, it will change your generation. Yes, change your generation. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You become what God wants you to do. be. By doing what God tells you to do. Um, hallelujah. I could, I got, listen, we're going to, we are going to, we are going to nail this down, brother. Because I'm here to tell you, when you understand that you're the one God's working through today. Listen, everybody has issues. As perfect as you think they are. Nobody. At your best, you're still a six. <laughs> Some of you, a four. You want to raise your hand when you know that right here? But listen to me. I'll call you out. <laughs> but listen to me. Some of you, too. But listen to me. But uh, we let you come. But you listen to me. You're the one. God believes He's not in heaven hoping, oh gosh, I did not realize that Ethel would be alive in 2022. He's not wringing his hands, hoping we'll just make it through. No, he is very confident and very assured. Assured. Because his work does not depend on you, it depends on him. But you're being able To do what God wants you to do depends on you saying yes to him. Thank you, Father, for the word that's at work in us, the living word of God. This this day, Lord, in this moment of our lives, no matter what else is happening, what else is going on, we choose to yield ourselves to you. We choose 
to look up instead of give up. We choose to trust and obey. I thank you, Lord, for the fresh anointing and the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost landing on each and every person in this room. Oh, I rebuke every work of darkness. And in the name of Jesus, I speak release to every chain that's ever been forged because of sin and the sorrow and hurt it brings. I speak release to them in the name of Jesus. And if you receive that, I want you to say, Isaiah said, I'll, I'll strengthen you and I'll help you and uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. And at some point, you got to have a fresh time with the Lord. All the time. When I said I was good, I, I was kidding. Because I know without Him, I can't do anything. lady came up to me Dubuque and said I've been walking I was in a wheelchair you came and you said the Lord told me to tell you you need to do something that he's asked you to do I thought it was like pay her tithes or something you know? I walked away and she stood up Never, she said I've never been to that chair since why didn't that happen for my mama? Why didn't that happen for something, you know, one of my relatives? How can I still rejoice? You can rejoice because you got another chance to help somebody else. I'm there with God, and really, they don't really care to be back here. When my, when my brother went home to be the Lord, I said, God, he was alone, he was alone. And Jesus said, I wasn't there. And he said, I was with him. It's kind of like, Oh, well, I don't need to be there then. <laughs> I mean, we always think we want to prop somebody up. You don't have to prop me up. You don't have to tell me anything about if you like me or any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. Every day I get before my father. And she's like, Make your heart a throne room right now. Just say whatever. Say whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. That's what we're doing. Before, I want to ask you a question. Though. I am too. I'm going to ask them because I know Christ. Yeah. Is there anybody person. in here and you say, I've never made Jesus Lord in my life. Can you lift your hand so I can see it? Because I don't know. You say, I've never made a decision. Whoever believes has everlasting life. You say, I've never called on his name. I've never believed in his name. Anyone at all? Just lift your hand. Just lift your Kids. hand. Kids. Okay. Adults. 
If you are here and maybe that's you and you just don't want to come forward, I beg you, don't put it off. Because I don't know how much time you have left. This life is a vapor. And hell is real. And eternity is real. And so is hell. So is hell. All right. How about does anybody want to rededicate your life this morning? I want want all of us to do that. I want all of us to rededicate something this morning. I feel like the whole church, I want you all to do that. Well, if you say, yes, I will do that, why don't you stand up? Stand. If you're not already standing. If you're not already standing. I know we don't have space. Just let me ask one more question, though. Is everybody here that that you have been filled with the Spirit and you pray in other tongues? Or is there someone here that hasn't been filled with the Spirit and pray in other tongues? Would you raise your hand? I say, I don't do that. I've never do that. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Hallelujah. Don't make me come back there again. Hallelujah. Yeah, I know Lois always says we have tonight. See, I'm the evangelist. What if you don't come back tonight? I always feel that. It just, it just gets all through me. I go, what if they don't come back? What if they don't come back? I, I got to get them. I mean, I got to get them. I got a shot. The Holy Spirit will convict you, but, but then I, I got a shot at you. Praise the Lord. I ought to do my best. All you kids, well, it doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? It probably would have saved me some stuff if I had been spirit-filled earlier. Let's say it this way. Is there anyone in here And you know you need to come to the altar. Whether you've never been spirit-filled, you don't pray in other tongues, whether you haven't been living for God, whether you know there's something and you need to make it right. You know, God's not going to quit loving you, but you mess around long enough, you might quit loving God. And that's what the devil's really after. He's after your affection. What do you put your affection on? What do you give your life what, to? What is the, what's your most valued treasure in your life today? That's what I want to ask so yourself. What, what is, is it? My job. Yeah. My so we're going to sing this. And as we sing it, if that's you, just come to the altar. And you the come with somebody if they want you to. Just sing. Just got to the church she sang that song that the Lord had given her she said all I have is a song how many crusades the 
Billy Graham, over 400 crusades, over 100. 400? 400 crusades. 400. 400 crusades? That's what I wrote down. He had more than 400 crusades. But that's what it said. No, I'm going to read it, Miss Teacher. I think he had more than 400 crusades, though. It said, in 1947, he had more than 400 crusades. No, Billy Graham. Yes, he had 185 ka, ka, 470. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, That's Shelley. the Google that's one. Our, there you go. That, that's the one that we, we're in Florida at Live Oak. She was seven. She says she's eight when she got spirit-filled. But we say she was seven, and she's been with us ever since. Now you're, what, 72? No. no okay. Looking pretty good. How, how old are you, really? 48? No, but listen. <laughs> and, um, I'm so, okay, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. And then our other volunteers here from Live Oak. I mean, yay, Live Oak. Okay, the, uh, Morgan and then her husband. And that, I mean, all of them. Brittany's here. She just she just caught up now just two years ago. She, she's a newbie. She don't know what we know. But, yeah, but she, she's learning. And my, my kids here. This is Grace. She's one of the kids at the church in Tulsa. I uh, what is your name? Caroline. Uh, Anna. Our little granddaughters. Little. I just said, Lord, I'm happy she's turning 16. She's tur- she ca- she drove. They drove here and then she's turning 16 Monday. But I thought, I don't want her to turn 16. <laughs> anyway. 185 country and territories and six continents. That song, Just As I Am, was sung. Yeah. Don't I- tell me you don't have something. That God wants to do. We sang a song I didn't particularly care for. And I wrote it, you know, when I had my life out in Nashville. I really didn't like the song. I thought, oh, this is a silly song. I'm pure, I'm whole, I'm free, but I'm by the blood of Jesus in me. And I thought, ah. So we were singing that song at a church service. And so this lady, we we have to go back to that place. We're having a citywide meeting and a man is staring at us. And he said, my wife, he said, he's a Baptist. He said, he said, he got spirit filled. He was a night. deacon in a Baptist church. He said, my wife took that song. She had had her female organs surgically removed. She took that song and sang it and said it and sang it all the time. Then she said, my faith is now strong enough. She went to the doctor. She said, I want you to check me. And every one of them were in her body. It's just a song. Just a little song I didn't even like. I'm trying to show you something. What are you doing with your life? You're the one God's at work in. Say, I'm praying. Yes. That's what we need. They'd always say, pray and obey. Prayer warriors. Several are leaving, and so I'm trying to train up these two kids how to pray. Yeah, I want you to lead us in a prayer of commitment. Everyone, just make your heart just an altar right now. Just an altar with God. Everybody in here. Everybody. Lord, lead us. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. That you are at work in me. That you're at work in me. Your ability. Your ability. Your power. 
power. Your work of grace. Your work of grace. Is change me. Is change me. Permanently. Permanently. And forever. And forever. I trust in you. I trust in you. Today. Today. And make a fresh decision. And make a fresh decision. To follow you. To follow you. In what you. In what you. Are asking me to do. Asking me to do. I walk away. I walk away. From the hurt. From the hurt. And the pain. And the pain. Of this world. Of this world. I am not. I am not. A product. A product. Of my sin. Of my sin. I am a product. I am a product. Of the work of God. Of the work of God. In Christ. Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Greater is he, Greater is he who, lives in me who lives in me than he, than he that, runs this world. that runs this world. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. And I will not conform, and I will not conform to, this world. to this world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For a fresh work. For a fresh work. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. I trust you. I trust you. And today. And today. When I leave this house. When I leave this house. I will do something. I will do something to show the world. To show the world there is a God. There is a God who loves them. Who loves them. Who has saved them. Who has saved. Who has forgiven them. Who has forgiven them. And has set them free. And has set them free. I will be. I will be an instrument. An instrument for the work of God. For the work of in you. this hour. In this hour. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5357. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.